Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. No, no uh, guest host this week. <laughs> yeah, baby, 105 Epis in. Episode 105, uh, Cozumel in Jamaica, I guess I'll call this. Um, back for a few hours, then off to Australia, right? Actually, New Zealand, then Tonga. Jimmy Superfly Snooker was from Tonga. He would go off top turnbuckle. He'd fly. He'd do the uh, the hand signals, the rock and roll, not the bevo, but the rock and roll. And he had the wristbands, and he had ankle bands, which are always cool. And he was barefoot. So I liked him, but he cooled off in the mid-'80s. Like, he didn't say a lot. He didn't have, I guess, I don't know if he his English or um, if he didn't have vocal energy. Um, like a lot of those guys did. But he was awesome. Him and Tito Santana and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Hulk Hogan was just the king. I know Hulk, um, you know, stood on the shoulders of Ric Flair uh, and Dusty. But I just, I love the Hulkster. Anyway, um, I think Superfly Snuka had trouble with his lady, and now they're both gone? So strange. So Probably, I mean, it happens all the time, right? These fights and maybe a murder in there or like one too many pills subscription pills or like didn't wake somebody up i don't know just in-house murdering happens all the time but when it's in the public eye it seems strange and if you want strange baby you should cover the uh, the the death of sam cook uh it's like he got shot in the early 60s you know he's got all these hits he's huge and good looking charming great voice traveling internationally known to rock the microphone but he was murdered like mysteriously by like this motel employee lady that i don't know he was like supposedly he was on drugs or drinking and, or something like this and she shot him out of self-defense because he was trying to get into her office it's just very dodge and there's podcasts about it and you have to listen to it it's amazing I don't know if she was put up to it by like there's a music producer that was getting a lot of his royalties that Sam Cooke did not care for, and that guy was shady. Um, anyway, not only does this podcast put people to sleep, at no point does it stay on topic. Uh, so we arrived. Okay, yeah. So Miami, we arrived Saturday morning in Miami. Had to fly back to catch a flight out of L.A. across the Pacific to the south pacific yeah the flight has always sounded gnarly to me going to australia or new zealand um australia man new zealand there it's their, its own country continent island and cruise ship all four all four so um yeah um but it'll be interesting I'm a little concerned. And you're jumping ship. These ships are different in style. Like, I'm going from uh, MSC, this Italian cruise line, which is party central, to uh, Holland America, which is very... People dress up. There's sport coats. It's older. You're not going to get laughs. laughs. It's going to be very calm, which it always is, and uh, whatever. Um, you can't play the game the day before the game the morning of the game the week of the game you got to play it in the moment and it's tough and that's in stand-up too you can be ready uh, 8 a.m the day before the show but you need to be ready then 
And the waiting is the hardest part. You know, you can have a great rehearsal, great practice, great everything, but you have to show up when it matters. Um, Sometimes you're feeling good the morning of a show and you want to work out, get coffee, tackle the world. And you should to an extent, of course, but don't, do not deplete your resources. Um, You know, don't turn it into the rehearsal dinner for the wedding. I went to so many weddings in my 20s and 30s. I think I've been to one wedding in the last seven years, Um, which is fine. Most of the ones I've gone to have lasted. So if you want it to last, have me over, baby. Some people make their wedding their whole life. It's crazy. And eh, um, don't deplete your resources. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you go that day before the wedding and you just blow it all on the rehearsal dinner and you go huge and we all do it. And then the next day you're like slow and sluggish and like you're not really into the groove. You go kind of straight from sluggish to just wasted and tired because you have like three quick drinks or it, it takes you three or four just to get to zero and then you hit it hard. And then you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even remember the wedding part because I was sluggish all day. I was hungover. And we made it through the vows and the pictures and the waiting and the pre-wedding and then cut to dinner. You're finally in your third drink because you're at the reception before the wedding or no, after the wedding at the reception, you're waiting for them to take pictures. They finally show up in different clothes or maybe the same. And you've had your third or fourth drink. That's always the most fun. And the bride and groom and the groom's people and maid's people are all off. And you're just uh, drinking for free. Um, waiting and working that hangover but you're not really aware and then it's sunday and you go home and you're like wow i remember thursday or friday night better anyway that's what it's like with the comedy stuff um game time is still a long way off and you you know you overexcite yourself too soon don't peak too soon all right um sometimes yeah sometimes you're you're feeling better the day the morning of than the afternoon of game time is pace pace yourself with game time i ran track my junior year of high school only one year and i was finishing out of a black guy in track once and uh, i was like cool wow i'm doing this and someone's like no he already finished he's just doing a cool down lap yeah he's 399 meters ahead of you you're not one meter ahead of him um that's a joke i use on stage thank you sliding them in with track Okay, so I ran my junior year one year, fall of, well, it would have been it would have been spring of 90. Now, with track, as you may know, they have meets where you compete against one or two other schools. Like, those are like your division, your conference, league, league play. And you go against one or two other schools, but you also have invitationals where a ton of other high schools compete all from all over. Um and every lane is occupied. When you when you have uh, an in-league meet, when you're running against one other high school or two other high schools, it's usually one or two other high schools. Two or three high schools are competing. Uh, and you don't know who wins because they have to rack up all the points for all the different events. And you, it takes a while to find out. You just know if you won your race, but you don't know if you won collectively. Which So there's two different kind of battles there. Um, you can't control both of them, uh, all of them. I guess you control your battle and that controls it. Uh, in a... So, usually it's just two or three. Sometimes you have two team. Like, if you have 
uh, uh, individual races, right? You got three guys running the 400. So you have three, maybe the other school has three, and one school has one. You're not always occupying all the lanes. But at an invitational, which I think we'd have ours at Santa Ana College or something, or a junior college, invitationals, uh, every lane is full for every event. It's nine different competing groups. I don't think people can have more than one person from a school because there's just too much, not enough space. Uh, you might have two different races, maybe. But every lane is full, nine competing groups, nine different schools, various events. Scary, man. It's scary. You know, kids from all over. Um, which It's healthy. And your weaknesses get exposed. They get exposure. Um, it's scary because it's just so many different types of school. There's poor schools. There's rich schools. Different, you know, looks. Grown men, like, you know, you're going, look, if you're a little weak white guy like I was and some Latino or Samoan uh, fully haired comes and he's fully grown it looks like he's 25 and you're scared even though it's not football which weirdly was less scary to me because you know technique you know how to tackle you know how to get open you know how to block but for some reason just running track was scarier because I couldn't control if I'm faster if he's faster so you're on your own out there Um, but the good news is with track you just do your best whether you're scared or not, you can only run so fast. A little faster when you're scared, but whatever. Uh, it kind of helps. So uh, the worst that can happen in track is you, you get off to a slow start or a weak start or like intimidated, you know, you, you delay a second. But eventually your body takes over. And it's just like stand-up. Once you're up there getting your ass kicked, you're okay. You're good. That first blow, I think I talked about it in the previous episode. Anyway, wow, God asleep yet for life so um it smells like paint in the my cabin on my cruise ship that can't be good because it doesn't mean it's it takes a while to dry it means i'm going to smell it for like three or four hours which three or four hours of huffing paint from what i remember isn't good okay see um we had an invitational one saturday and i showed up in the morning of my event in santa Ana. My event wasn't until the afternoon. I was there probably to watch McKeon or Kristen Matheson, who's a friend of mine, uh, who ran. And who else? Jamie Braun, Amy Markell. Those are some of my friends who ran. So maybe I was going early to watch them. Um, and my track coach, Zeitler, was like, man, you got you to gotta get off your feet and get in the shade. You do not run. You don't run. Your race isn't for like a week. It was really six hours, but that is an eternity. And I was like, oh, okay. I really didn't think much of it, like a moron. So I went and I lied down in the shade for a long while and uh, slept in McKeon's car for a bit. I don't know if we drove. Maybe he was my ride. Anyway, I remember Uranic was there. He was coaching shot and discus. We beat Modern Day that day, I'm pretty sure, in the mile relay. We beat him one of those. And I think it was that day we beat them, which was in the mile relay. And... That's all we cared about. And we had our, our PR, our personal record, our personal best. And we were three juniors and a sophomore. And Modern Day was all seniors. And we beat them in that event at the Invitational. Um, Chuck Olson was our anchor. He was a year behind us. He was insane. He was insane. He was a sophomore that chewed tobacco and dipped. And he was a little white guy. And he flew. And he was crazy. His stories were nuts. But he had a great smile. And he's an interesting guy and fun. McKeon kicked it off. McKeon was a short-distance guy. He hated the 800, but he was great at 100, 200, 4 by one and then he, he agreed to do the uh, mile relay, the 400. 
because he i think that's as long as he wanted to go distance wise because he was a good short distance runner and long distance but he kicked it off and he beat his modern day guy he was the first uh i was two i was number two and i fell behind my modern day guy but caught up with him in the end and um gave it to hayes hayes ferry grade school pal um went to high school with him he ran track like me just the one year he also played football his freshman year why did i even bring that up but and then he taught spanish at santa margarita but he was the third leg he and Hayes and I were, I think we both only ran track one year. He might have ran in our senior year. I don't know. He was good. Um, he's a good athlete in grade school, too. Um, so I fell behind my modern day guy and I caught him. So I gave it to Hayes and we're a little bit ahead of the modern. People were going crazy because, like, I fell behind. It's like, oh, we had this lead against modern day. Now we're. I fell behind my guy, caught up with him, beat him, got my baton to Hayes. And we're ahead of modern day Hayes and his modern day guy. They battled, and I think, I think we might have fallen behind a little. I don't know. Um, I think we fell behind a little bit. And and then Hayes gives it to Chuck, and Chuck ran. He would run himself sick. He would run so hard. Like I'm surprised he didn't tear his stomach open. He wanted it so bad. He was a little off, which is what you need, right? Like a kicker, right? Successful kicker mentality. Um, I think Hayes might have tied his modern-day guy, too. And then Chuck might have won the whole race. He beat the modern-day guy. And it was our fastest mile with that group that day. And Chuck came from, like, way behind to beat everybody. I think we won first in that race. And... Zeitler was happy. Yeah, we must come first because I remember Zeitler was happy and he wouldn't have been happy unless we came in absolute first. Um, but Chuck dipped, man. He would dip, spit tobacco and stuff like that. I don't, maybe even during the race, man. Uh, he was 16. He was a great runner. Anyway, point is sometimes you try to do your set comedically before the show. Um, I felt good the morning of some shows last week, but in my head, I'm like, am I even too good a morning? I need to calm down and be more focused or more miserable or whatever. You really have to pace yourself. Listen to your body. What's stressing you out? What's a healthy level of stress? And um, and roll with it to an extent. It, it's so hard to mediate. It's so hard to find like F you. You want, you want to basically tell the world F off. But also care at the same time. And what's a healthy balance? of getting on stage, wanting to be funny, and just smiling. If they're not laughing, don't comment on it necessarily. Don't uh, dwell. And that's what I do a little too much. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, why can't that voice in the back of your head be a good one? You know, you've been here before. You know what to do. Just call the game. Just do it. Deliver. Nothing is perfect. It's always a messy canvas. That voice in the back of the head can be negative off-the-field opponent. Or you can let it be a positive off-the-field opponent. Um, your mind is always with you, you know. It's probably an on-the-field variable since it's always with you. Anyway, off-the-field opponents, your relationship, the press, fans. I'm talking about pro athletes, not myself. Uh, money issues. Tom or, uh, Pat Riley talks about it in his book, Off-the-Field Opponents. And he differentiated that with his guys. God, what a great coach. Um, how do we stay focused at the task at hand? Um, God, and you know, we touched on it earlier in this podcast. If you're still with me and awake, I can't imagine you are. 
good or bad, you just want to get through the opening segment. It's the same with track, man. I just like get the baton and then get going. Wait, if I fall behind, no worries. If I'm ahead, great. Um, if we're just neck and neck and I know exactly where the guy is, that's great. If it's going to be a good or bad show, you just want to get through that first couple of jokes. Make it through the first round and he's ours. Make it through the first round and he's ours. You're right. You see that in movies about boxing. Um, I think our quarter, Trevor, our quarterback, and Coach Hardigan in high school, I think they had a deal or something where they both thought it a good idea to have him run on the first play of the game just to get get his bell rung a little bit, get scuffed up, get it out of your head. I think they both. I think he liked it, and I think Hardigan didn't mind calling that. Um, Trevor was such an athlete great athlete that it wasn't a bad idea i think hardigan would do that i think trevor liked it i don't know who anyway he had jesus he had an amazing arm too um and such a good athlete styles is great too jason styles was a guy that was with us for a couple years but moved to uh seattle had he stayed we would have had a controversy i think trevor would have been an amazing receiver as well and i think they even they stayed buddies, and I think Trevor went up to visit Styles and went to a camp with him and played a lot of receiver with Lake Dawson because Lake played with Styles in um, the All League game. I don't know if that was Styles' quarterback in high school or just an All League game they got to play together. But Lake was a year ahead of us who went to play at Notre Dame, who was on that amazing '93 team. Um, Trevor could have been a great wing back too, right? Throw it to him deep and short and have him run the ball and do reverses and double passes, and he could be a running back. He could break tackles. Uh, I don't think you'd do that with a lot of quarterbacks where you'd just have him get knocked around on the first play, but they'd have him get out of his head a little bit, you know, get scuffed, and he's like, okay, cool, I'm in. Anyway, my point is, good show or bad show, you want to get through that first slug to the gut when you get on stage. Even if it's a failed joke or three, you know, you have those to now comment on, and you can go back to that, and they get to know you a little bit. They see you squirming up there, and then they have some. But that intro, man, whoo, um, you want to get it over with. And and you got to meditate on that and find peace on that. You're good to go if you can. So that's something I like to get through. It's just that, hey, you know, something I've been opening with on the cruise ships is, guys, if anybody needed comedy, it's a cruise ship audience. Like, you know, you've been sitting by the pool all week, drinking and eating, sleeping, reading. Comedy, please take us away. Help us forget just for a few minutes, you know, this life that we're leading. And most people get that. If you don't get that, then you should leave. But don't leave because I need you here. Um, I think it's in Rocky 2 or 3 where Mick, the manager, says, get through the first round and he's eyes. I feel like Mick says that in Rocky 2. And then Apollo says it to rocky in rocky three when he's fighting mr t i think apollo says it differently though i think he says get through this first round and we're home free something like that i think they both say it but in different versions what a great what a great choice that was having apollo creed back in rocky three there was probably no plan for that but carl weathers was such a good antagonist that they had to keep him in the franchise i mean way to be useful Way to make the most out of it and be like, look, we got to find a place for this guy. Cliff Clavin, auditioning for Cheers. He was auditioning for Norm's part. And he just came. He brought that kind of trivia. And he was the only one, I think, with a Boston accent. Maybe did, Frazier definitely didn't have it. But Frazier kind of had the New England boastful thing. But, but Cliff's the only one with a Boston accent. And he came in being the trivia guy, and they wrote him in. 
they wrote him in. He was auditioning for Norm. But way to be useful, guys. You know, and how good is Kramer? Is it Kramer? No, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Frazier. He got a spinoff. You know, Woody Harrelson goes on to make movies. Rhea Perlman da- marries Danny DeVito. Shelley Long leaves prematurely. Does a couple of movies. Um, anyway. Yeah, and Carl Weathers, man. Oozing charm. I saw him at the Adam Sandler Christmas party. One of the years I went. I went to multiple. He looks so good. Like, sweater and, like, fit and, like, big and taking up space. He had a lady on his arm just smiling, knowing that people were having a good time looking at him. You know, he was in Happy Gilmore, of course. He's just the best. He played a spring training and preseason with the Oakland Raiders for one of their off-seasons in the early 70s. And he told Kenny Stabler. This is in Kenny Stabler's book. Carl Weathers told Kenny Stabler. They met at, like, they were all, like, going to hang out at a bar or something. And before guys were showed up, um, anybody showed up, um, Apollo was there. Apollo. Um... Carl Weathers was there and Stabler and they talked for a minute and he Stabler he told him he's like if I don't make it here I'm going to Hollywood and that was in like 72 or 73 I think because Rocky came out in 76 as we know the bicentennial year and the whole Balboa is Italian the Italians discovered America Apollo Apollo Creed fights the Italian stallion sounds like a damn monster movie um god that was funny but I'm pretty sure so it would have been like 73 or 74 when uh Stabler and Carl Weathers meet. Man, they got to get Mr. T and Hulk Hogan back in the next Creed movie. Make it happen, right? Maybe it's Mr. T training Hulk Hogan's son or vice versa. Um, And he's an MMA guy. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go with the Creed franchise. You've kind of exhausted in those two movies. You went through every plot line that was in the previous seven, six Rocky movies. Um, Okay. Anyway, that first blow in comedy. That first blow in boxing mma i'm sure it's just like cool football roughed up ready to go um maybe you know why people are slapping each other's faces and helmets before the game they want their wake up to be right there and then but you 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 can't it's got to come it comes in the game man i don't know Maybe, maybe the, the, the head slam. Living in L.A. two decades, how many Super Bowls and playoff games that I have to sit through of people going, what is this thing? What is this sports thing? You know, and it's like, why did you come? Who invited this person to a Super Bowl party? And why did this person go? Like, I wouldn't go to an award show for best costume in the industry. Eh, I might. I'm kind of interested. Be kind of cool. But I wouldn't ever make fun of it. I, you know what? I guess the equivalent, that's not fair, because I do like award shows. I like people getting rewarded for these things that I watch, you know, Moulin Rouge and stuff, the, the awards. I guess the equivalent would be watching the final. Oh, you know what? That might be gasoline and not paint coming out of the side of the ship. Either way, I'm probably screwed if I keep staying in this room. I guess the equivalent would be, like, if I were to watch the final episode of Will and Grace, Friends I liked, I watched that. Seinfeld I loved. Um but like to, and, and Sex and the City I really like I know that's a lot of gay writers writing for women that's what I was told by many women writers in LA told me that um, that it was that that was uh, gay guys writing from what they viewed a woman's POV to be but it's whatever it's phenomenal I love the show um, I guess the equivalent yeah but Will and Grace something I don't care about you know I didn't love that show. It just seems so fake. Um, 
look, we have mainstream homosexual guy and uh, flamboyant homosexual guy. At the time, though, probably transformative. Probably needed that, right? To see what? A gay guy can just be a normal dude and not flamboyant? Uh, anyway, I wouldn't subject myself to the finale of Will and Grace. I don't know why people who aren't interested in football subject themselves to a Super Bowl party. Okay? It's still Roman holiday gladiator stuff so that's why it's getting the uniforms look cool there's followings it's a big day it's fun and i don't care how nerdy you are you can get enjoyment out of it once you settle in on stage regardless of how it's going you don't necessarily want to get off so sometimes people run the light sometimes be like oh 15 minutes and the first five are awful or the first 10 are awful but then you're at you've hit rock bottom so you're like well i'm gonna get this material out i'm here um the worst is behind you you're thinking i made it through i'm gonna enjoy this uh unless the crowd is jonesing or something is amiss or you can feel them you know you're at a roadside bar and it's just getting to be too much do your contractual time and get the hell out of there um I can't reiterate enough that that first show, when you're doing two shows in a night, that first show is only half your night. I used to think one down, now I'm good. Right? I can have a drink. I can mess around. I can F around, F off. It's only halftime. There's another game to be played. I used to want to start calling it a day after that first show. But there's work to be done. Now I go back. I look at the notes. I maybe check the recording. I sit kind of semi-meditating. Adjustments need to be made. Uh, it's all in the rewrite. It's all in the rewrite, and it's only halftime. And then once you've started the second show, then it, then you can kind of have a good time. Um, speaking of rewrite, a word from our commercial sponsor, Script Pipeline, guys. I'm off to Australia for a month, and the founder of Script Pipeline loves Australia, so that's going to know. you got to love uh, – how many times am I going to say that? I'm probably say that every episode for the next three to four weeks. you got to love somewhere else, right? Have a place you love going besides home. Maybe you have three. But you have, you have to have another place besides home that you love going, I think. You can write from there, wherever that is. You can submit your work to Script Pipeline and have them review your script. Make it so it's not a pipe dream, am I right, ladies? But a pipeline dream. So, make it so it's not a pipe dream, but a pipeline dream. That's a good catchphrase, Chad. Um, enjoy your dream. Do it from home. Let the people who've lived in the insanity that is L.A. and Hollywood and show business, let them pass on their lessons to you. They've laid the groundwork. They've dug the trenches. You take advantage by sitting back and focusing on the product, the script, the story, the characters, the arc. Um, and make it about aliens and cowboys. Like, just make it alien sci-fi metaverse stuff. Um, and vampires. Is that what it is? is vampire alien is that a thing? I, I'm trying to think what the hottest genres always are that these guys have to read through. Learn from them. Eat the fruits of their labor. Our labor. Me. Sure, I'll claim. So, yeah, these people in Hollywood, L.A., they've dug. They've put their flag down. So you can work from wherever and submit to them from wherever. Script Pipeline has Hollywood's ear. Scriptpipeline.com. Check it out. Um, so it's weird. Oh, my God. We got a boogie. It's weird to... Uh, how did I... How did it go this long? All right. It's weird to see or hear your name on any marquee. It's always I'm always relieved when they're done plugging it on the announcements or whatever. Comedy, showbiz, just so weird. You want some of the things, but not all. And not all the time. 
we're such babies like showbiz people you know you fight and kick and scrap and finally get close and you're like mm, i don't know i don't want this part okay when they first offer rocky balboa the chance to fight apollo his initial response is no he was just showing up to be a sparring partner rocky would you be interested in fighting apollo creed for the boxing championship of the world and he says no no you can see him shake it off like no i absolutely am afraid of that question um he comes all that way and passes right so at first he needs time to think you know you you it's it's a weird selective thing in la and show business you want it but not the way they want to give it to you or not the way they give it to you for some for others they're like i want the fame and glory give it to me now i want it all right now uh is this turned into a rocky balboa podcast um anyway that's i forgot briggs what's the name of the guy he died like a year later it's not mick who said would you be interested in fighting apollo creed for the bites this great character they found um who's in the boxing world slicked hair cigar smoking white looks horrifying and he's just perfect for the movie great casting those first two especially um so yeah so sometimes you don't want some of those things but you do but you know but rocky thought about it he took the fight obviously sometimes it's too hot too early shows yeah sometimes shows are too hot too early and you're like i can't keep up this pace and you don't need to necessarily you can cool them off but sometimes audiences want it too bad it's usually that saturday night first show saturday night late show is generally the best i find um you never know what audience you're going to get maybe once you're on the other side and have fame um and the different degrees of fame are a completely different experience maybe right that fame if you're a famous comedian the fame buys you a lot for a little bit of time you have to keep writing practicing honing but not like when you're coming up i've seen some famous acts in la skate through their set it's fine material and they keep it up to date just enough but yeah it, it wouldn't fly if they were up-and-comers and beginners but they earned it they figured it out okay uh that initial recognition applause is so insane but you do have to come correct because you don't know how it's going to go and it sucks how quickly it can slip no matter how big you are but generally if you're on top of it and you know you haven't taken a decade off you should be okay um i prefer to go on stage every night which is tough with the cruise ships you only go on one or two nights a week uh then cause a little rust but whatever good problem to have um two 45 minute shows that are eight and nine thirty is what i had this past two weeks separated by 45 minutes it was great you don't have time to come down too far you don't have too much time in a club situation it's 7 30 and 9 45 usually separated by two and a half hours most cruise ships you're separated by two hours um that's a lifetime but when you can get a 45 minute break and then jump into the next show that's fantastic not as much time to think which is when we're at our best um when both shows can be over in two hours 15 minutes that's 45 show 45 break 45 second show some comics do that long they do the whole two hours for each show god uh okay so it was in jamaica jamaica man just it's jamaican me crazy you know what i mean it's like it's just you're hit up by every single freaking citizen like you know 
tour, drive, buy this merch. Here, I'll take you to another place that has merch like this. Uh, do you want some drugs? Do you want a woman? Like, all this. And you're just like, dude, I, like, I, you know, I went into some shops looking to maybe buy. I've been there before. And I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. You're not even giving me 30 seconds to look at stuff. So it's just not fun, man. I think next time I'll hire a private driver just to take me to Kingston. I, I at least want to see Kingston. Because they, they're like, oh, no, gas prices so much, man. And I'm like, dude, it's an hour drive. I've got seven hours to kill. I want to go there, maybe eat a meal, drive back. I'll pay you for all of it. Um, and it's all negotiable there. But you can get ripped off. You just, you're not going to not get ripped off. Cozumel, East Coast of Mexico, loved it. I, I just, I love Mexico. Um, my friend Kaiser Wynn was there. But I missed out because I didn't, I didn't know that he was there. I thought he lives in Puerto Vallarta, but he was in Cozumel. You have to put stuff out there. But I don't want to post it. Hey, I'm going to be there if anybody's around because he's like one of my favorite people. Uh, it would have been great. I would have loved to have been shown around. You know, you, you don't mind paying for a tour. You just want to ensure that you're getting your money's worth. I'd rather spend 200 with a local $200 than $100 and get the bland, non-scenic route and standard stuff. But if... If I'm getting the gnarly stuff, I'll pay more. I just need to know that I'm doing the gnarly stuff. Um, so, yeah, Cozumel's great. I would have liked to have seen more of that, though. I think I'm ready to start getting into scuba diving. Again, it's been 22 years uh, since the day I got my license, so I'd have to take a refresher. But the, with the technology now, they're doing all kinds of cool stuff, and there's so many cool places we're going to. Uh, humidity is so much better for my skin than dry. I mean, I only use sunblock in the last two weeks in the uh, Caribbean Bahamas. I think I used sunblock two days out of 14 that I was there. No hat, two weeks. Um, yeah, SoCal, Arizona, heat, just not ideal for the Irish skin. Vegas, it's just no ecosystem, no green, no vegetation. People in Arizona are like, yeah, we have Flagstaff. It's like two hours north. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I prefer the south, east, and the humidity. And well, the east, any other part of the country, I guess, but the west when it comes to summer hot. Uh, paranoia when, the, oh, yeah, when the ship leaves sometimes, I'm so paranoid, even when I'm in my room on the ship. I'm like, you know, you hear, nah, I'm like, oh, God, what? I'm like worried for other people that they're missing the ship because uh, I thought I was close in both Vegas, I'm sorry, in Jamaica and the Cayman Islands. I was a little concerned. So, um, Tonga's next. They had a volcano and a tsunami earlier this year. Just madness. Only three people died because of how tough those bastards are, the Tongans. Um, but it devastated their land, and only now are they opening back up. This is like one of the first ships to go back. I mean, there is nothing else at that port in Tonga either. It's like a, a major ship comes to this port because normally there's like a bunch of other ships, huge docking stations. Not in Tonga, baby. They keep it pretty – they keep it real. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll try to post – these um they're gonna come if i can post them all at once that's great because i got like three in the can but uh hope to crash while i'm in australia at my friend joe ferris's place we'll see um if he's still got that place from from uh what was that 2000 2000 to 2002 he was there so hopefully he's still got like renting it out or something subletting it Keen on Things Podcast, keen of comedy on all social media platforms. Uh, register, sign up, subscribe so you can get notice right away uh, when these come out. A little beat, a little beat. Thanks so much for listening. We're at 35. Wow. Okay, I love you. Bye.